One of the things that uh, I remember it especially from last week as Nancy leaves. Nancy, if, if you haven't got a chance, or you missed last week, um, after this service or sometimes this week, go back and listen to Pastor Nancy's uh, message. Because what we're doing is we're building off of each other. And what she talked about in terms of breaking up fallowed ground was incredibly deep uh, and enriching. Um, it ministered to my heart. And I don't know, I was talking to Kyle a little bit earlier. And we both were kind of like, man, he asked me, he goes like, Austin, are you tired? And I was like, I don't know. I just kind of feel like out of it. And maybe you feel out of it this week. Even with the weather has been so great this week, you just feel like, ah, something. Well, I just want to reassure you, like breaking up that fallowed ground, it's work. It's work that kind of mixes up some stuff that you haven't been dealing with for a long time. And um, Orster's been laying there fallow for a long time. And sometimes when you dig that stuff up, no matter how good the weather is outside, who you have around you, sometimes you're just mixing up some stuff uh, that brings some just lack of energy or just fr- like frustration or depletion. And so I want to show you, like, my, I have that too as well. Like I, when Nancy was talking about that fallow ground, when we were preparing for this series, like I shared with her, you know, and I've shared with you some points. Back in 2009, my dad passed away really quickly uh, from cancer, and that was a time and a season where I was not only in seminary prepping uh, to finish my degree, to go into ministry, and all of a sudden, life started to fall apart around me. Right, everything that I believed was going to happen, all the dreams that he would be the most incredible grandfather ever, right, that he would be an incredible resource of what it looks like to be an incredible husband, like all fell away. And for years, like even going into ministry, even graduating, even having good things come into my life, that ground was hard. In my life, my, the things that were happening to me just became hard. All the good things, they just didn't feel good. No matter like how much uh, watering was happening in my life, it just felt like things were just running off. And that fallow ground got really hard. Until my father passed away on November 15th, 2009. And we were expecting our first child. And this is where God began to break up that fallowed ground. Is that Ellie was actually supposed to be born on Thanksgiving Day. Right? I mean, and then Gwen got, was born on the day after Christmas. Like, want, want. We would have had terrible, like, birthdays as a kid. Um, but actually, God did something that I had no idea that he was doing. Is that all of a sudden, Ashley, two weeks before her due date, uh, went into labor. And as that uh, labor was long time, it started like at four in the morning, and then Ellie finally arrived like at 10.30 at night on November 14th, 2013. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at this kid, and my heart started to feel things that I hadn't felt for years. God began to put his hand in my life and start to break up things that I didn't know were hard. And in that moment, even in the midst of that breaking up of stuff in my life, on November 15th, 2013, celebrating my dad's fourth year anniversary of passing away, I held the most incredible blessing that was new life being born in my life, being pulled apart that fallow ground so that new growth could come. Didn't even know what's happening, but as God just all of a sudden said, today is the day. I'm going to start breaking it up. So maybe for you, today is the day. This year is the year where things are going to start breaking apart because friends, that fallowed ground, once it breaks up, what good is it if it continues to break up? This season right now that we're in is a time to grow. 
And it's time to start sowing seeds in our lives. Like my question to you is as you're expecting God to do something in you this year and name what's been going on in your your year, name your fallowed ground. It could be loss of life. It could be loss of jobs. It could be loss of vocation. It could be loss of identity, a loss of friendships. Name your fallowed ground that God is just continually churning up. But as he turns that up, he doesn't churn it up for nothing. He turns it up so that you might grow. So let's turn to Hosea chapter 10. If you have your Bibles with you, um, you just pull it out in front of you, whether that's a digital copy or a hard copy. Um, it'll be on the screens as well. We're reading from Hosea again, chapter 10, verse 12. It says this, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up that fallowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. Like, do you hear, like, in the midst, I don't want you to miss it out, that Hosea, in the midst of this chapter, in pretty much the whole book, he is starting to rain down, not righteousness, but judgment from God on the people of Israel. And in that moment, his urgency is like, okay, it's time to seek the Lord. Like, as a parent, have you ever had that moment where you feel the sense of urgency? Like, it's time for us. It's 8.45 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday. We're like, okay, kids, come on. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Your hair, teeth, hair, teeth, hair, teeth. Socks and shoes, socks and shoes, socks and shoes. The door's right here. The door's right here. The door's right here. Come on. It's time to go. We should have left five minutes ago. Come on, right? Like we're going. And then even in the car, like we pull up and you feel that anxiety of you're pulling up in the line and you don't want to keep everybody like, get out, 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 right? Get out. And then you're like, and then you're, you got to get out of line. But then there's kids around you like, oh, slow down. Like it's time. Like that sense of urgency that we feel across our days and in our life. Maybe it's for you at work or projects. Maybe it's for friendships. You're like, it's time for me to really grow in this relationship. It's time. It's time for us in our faith to seek the Lord. It's time to stop waiting. It's time to start saying, mm, maybe tomorrow, maybe next year, maybe in a couple of years when I'm really in a place where I can seek the Lord. The time is now. The time for us to grow and to sow is right now because God, Jesus, who is good, says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. This is my life verse. It says, he who began a good work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Like, friends, it's time. If you don't read that text and saying, like, God's doing a work in you that you don't even see, it's time to participate with him. He is working in and amongst you and through you. It is time to start growing. My question for you, and the question that Hosea has for you and us in the midst of this, is what are you waiting for? Like, I'm asking, what are you waiting for in growing your relationship with Jesus and with each other? What are we waiting for? Because it feels like over the story of the Old Testament, Israel is waiting for something. And Israel is just sitting there going, God, come on, do something. And, and we see in the text, I'm doing something. Why aren't you? Why aren't you participating in this growth that is happening that I'm doing within you? Why are you sitting as a bystander and you're just allowing me to do it while you just sit there and say, oh man, I hope it's good enough. 
It's time, friends, to seek the Lord. It's time for us to continue to grow. It's time for us. Don't wait. But when you're growing, Hosea says this. Like, it's time to seek the Lord. And what does that mean? What does it actually look like to seek the Lord? Well, he said, it's time to sow. But you've heard that. But let me say it this way. If you don't sow, there's no growing. If there's no sowing, you're not going to reap. Like, you can't physically sow seeds of righteousness in the ground. If you don't do it, there's nothing going to come up. Like, sometimes I think we think God or Jesus is this some magical genie that we rub the lamp, he comes out, we get three wishes, and we say, hey, Jesus, just make my faith grow. And he's like, okay, sure. Jesus is actually saying, no, like, I'm not a genie. In here he's saying, he's not going to just come and be like, oh, man, Israel, you've messed up big time. It's okay. He's like, yes, let's repent, and now it's time to start sowing seeds of righteousness. And you're saying, what is that righteousness? Like, some of that is a very churchy word, very biblical word, right? But let's break it down. It's really easy. Sowing righteousness means to sow right living. And for us, what does right living look like? Well, right living looks like the way of Jesus, To sow righteousness, to live rightly, is to live in the way of love. So our actions that we're sowing into the ground and into life means we sow kindness. That even though others don't deserve it, we offer it. Right? We sow patience that even though we should have given up long ago to get our kids out the door and say, hey, you know what? Guess what? You're just going to deal with the consequences. No, we're patient with them. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Right? Every parent's like, <laughs> yes. Right? And, and, and sowing peace. Right? Sowing peace that is, means we're the ones that move first. That we make the peace by moving towards somebody, not waiting for them to come to us if they've hurt us. Sowing goodness is doing good anywhere, everywhere, to anyone that comes in the midst of your presence and in proximity to the pop. (laughs) Sowing faithfulness. Oh, man, can we talk about this? Sowing faithfulness in your life. Can we people that lean in when you want to lean out? faithfulness. In a world that says there's options, just step away. When you step away, you'll have a myriad of options. But the way of Jesus, the way of love says, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to step in. I'm going to lean in. Can we sow gentleness? The taking a breath before you react. Gentleness is always in the front of my brain when I'm driving because I'm like, (laughs) you're terrible at driving. But have a come on in. Come on in. Don't hit me. Just come on in. Right? Like gentleness. Instead of reacting, we're like, take a breath. Take a breath. Right? And then with that, why don't we sow self-control? Who is Jesus speaking to right now? Right? Can we sow self-control within our lives in a season where we often go to what is easiest or the one that thinks the most brings the interest in, like the, sorry, the, Instant gratification is the thing that often like, hey, I'll go to you. But it often leaves us feeling that we have no self-control over our lives. 
That when we go to Jesus, when we go to Jesus, it's the quickest thing. It's like, oh, hey, where's my phone? Right? Because the word of God isn't doing it for me. Can we have self-control? And then can we sow love? Can we sow love? We talked about this a lot, but if we didn't, if we don't talk about, the reason we talk about this a lot is because I feel like we always need to do a little bit more love. We do need a little bit more sowing of love in our lives, that it means that there's no conditions. When you're sowing the seeds of love, that there's no conditions that you're tying to that love. How many of us, when we're sowing seeds of righteousness, when it comes to love, that we are attaching conditions to every action that we sow? Guilty. Guilty. Right? My kids, hey, if you'll if you listen and you'll be better, I, I'll get you this thing. Right? Like, if you don't make so much noise, I'll, I'll kind of work, we'll do this. Or if you eat all of your food, and my love for you, because I know I love you, I prepare this, I'll give you ice cream. Right? I'm not against the little, like, um, reward system, but in the way that we love one another, we say, if you love me, then I will love you. If you don't sow, you don't reap. If you don't sow, there is no harvest to look at and be like, dang, what just showed up? If you don't sow, there's no growth. There's nothing. If you don't start sowing. And this is what God is saying to, to the people of Israel and to us, is these things are bound together. Growing and sowing are not separate things, that they are one in the same. So what do we do Church, if we want to sow seeds of righteousness, I want to get a couple things right as we, as we go into this part. As we talk about what does it look like to sow seeds of righteousness so that we will reap unfailing love, steadfast love, we have to move from this thinking that our faith is like a houseplant. Don't get me wrong. I love houseplants. If you come over to our house, we have a ton. It's oxygen. There's so much oxygen. You'll walk in, you'll be like, I can breathe again, right? Come over to the house. If you're having a hard time breathing, the Bailey household will bring some oxygen into your life. It's like, it's like better than a mask. Right? We just come and just make a movement to it. But we've got to do this. This is what often happens. Like we're going to we're going to give you one of these as a representation of our growth this year. But what often happens is what do you do with this? When you take this, you're going to obviously do this. You're going to come over here cuz it can't live in that thing forever. And you're going to take this and you're going to fill it up with some soil. You're going to make some space for it and you're going to plant it in here. Cuz what's going to do? What's going to happen to this? It's going to grow. Like, if you care for it, it's going to grow, right? You put extra space in it for it to grow. Its root system, as you, like, till it up, its roots are going to start growing. It's going to start searching for more stuff. It's going to grow downward and deeper as it does grow outward and upward. But church, we got to move out of this Western Christianity mindset where your faith is in this. Because often when we feel like our faith and like, okay, hey, now it's grown. Oh, it's filling that part out. Now I'm going to do this. And now it's going to be a bigger pot. And we're going to look at it and say, my faith is growing. But you know what I'm saying to you? 
today in this moment is that when our faith is like this, like houseplants, what we're often doing is we're controlling, manipulating the pace of growth. You're saying that maybe in this plant, you're like, guess what? Maybe you have a black thumb and you grow it bigger and it fills this. And you're like, you feel really good about yourself. Man, I'm growing. I didn't kill this thing. It's actually growing. Look at you bring everybody over. You're like, gotta look at this plant. Gotta look at this plant. Look, I, I'm, I did this. I did this. Did you catch that? I did this. By how much you're watering it, how much light you want it to happen. Maybe you're a semi-sun, semi-shade because you like a little darkness in your life where Jesus can't see you. You don't want to be full sun where Jesus is like, ah! You want to be like, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to put it in slightly less sun so I can do the things that I want to do. I can water it a little less. Right? Those dead leaves that that are attached here, I just prune them off. But I manipulate my growth. We got to go from this mindset because what I learned about houseplants and my wife, big shout out to my wife and doing this, she's become a really like green thumb uh, since moving to Connecticut and probably here, is that these houseplants, your faith is like, if your faith is like a houseplant, I'll say this, it will survive and it actually will grow a little bit, but it will grow to the degree of which you allow it to. But these houseplants always were meant and have been meant to be grown in the natural habitat to which they grow. Very humid place is they don't grow in pots. But when they actually grow where they're meant to grow, where they have been placed and made by God to grow, they actually thrive like that. They go from looking like this to being everywhere. Think about ferns. When you walk around here in these in the like trails, Your ferns aren't small. These things are gargantuan. When they're put and made to grow where they're supposed to, we as people of Jesus, before we even get to the sowing, have to get out of this mindset that we are in a pot and we need to be in this. Because what happens? That when you're in the ground, it's dangerous. It's uncomfortable. In house plants, or even plants that are pot, in pots, you can bring them in from the weather. You can hide them and shield them from the hard things that might be coming, the elements that might be dangerous to it. But guess what? You're also limiting the amount of growth that it has potential to. But when you put it in the ground, and when you allow yourself not to be the manipulation of its growth, but when you allow God to do what he is made to do and what he wants to participate in you, the, 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 what you can do and how you can grow is unlimited. Your pot is limited growth. The ground will allow you to grow in the way that God wants you to grow. So church, you've got, we got to get out of this mindset. And we're going to take these houseplants home because a part of what I want you to see is as you care for this plant, as you care and you put it in your house, what I want you to see is that your faith is going to grow this year. If you care for this, it's going to grow this year. If you don't care for it, it's going to die. I don't want your faith to die this year. But I want you to come back in a year from now, and I want you to take a picture of this and say, wow. How much has it grown? How much has it grown because I've put it 
and I've cared for it. I've actually tilled up the fallow ground of my life, and I'm going to grow. And once we do that, once we allow ourselves to be the place where God is going to place us in the kingdom soil, not in isolation, away, independent from people. And this is, oh, I'm going to say this. You know why this is dangerous? Because if you don't like what I'm saying, this is what happens. I'm going to take my pot and I'm going to go. Bye. Bye, Felicia. I'll grow somewhere else. How many of us know people like this? How many of us are people like this? (laughs) Nobody wants to say anything. You want to take your faith and you want to go. Because the things that Jesus is calling out and we're calling out to you are a little too hard. But I'm telling you, fine, if you want to do that. But I'm going to tell you the growth that you can do here in this body is unlimited. And then lastly, it does this. So righteousness. And this is what, oh, people, this is what I want. Mm. I hear so many times people are like, mm, I don't know if Jesus is real. I don't know. Students, right? Come on. Look at me in the eyeballs. All you like middle schoolers and high schoolers and elementary kids. You're like, I don't know if this faith is real. I haven't decided yet. And I'm not, I'm saying maybe to you a little bit. But also to us around to need to listen to this, to say that there are kids in this room, there are young people in this room and online that are looking at us and wondering if faith actually makes sense and if it's real. And one of the things that I think we're struggling with this is that it says to sow seeds of righteousness. We don't want to sow scarcely anymore. We want to sow abundantly. Like when, when we have this garden, we're going to take this and we're going to put it outside. And when we put seeds in it, we're not going to go, and I'm using Cheerios, yes, because like you can see a Cheerio and maybe not a little seed. But who, would, who wouldn't want a Cheerio plant? Come on. Dang, I would market that. Cheerio plants, right? But you do this. You go, do, 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 do. There's going to be a Cheerio in here. It's going to be so funny later, right? And you're like, mm, I sowed my seed. But you know the thing about seeds? You know why you sow abundantly? It's because some of the seeds that you sow actually don't make it. They don't open up. Their roots don't come out. They don't grow. Or you didn't pack, they didn't get packed in well enough and they just float away and they're no longer in the soil. The reason that you sow abundantly and not scarcely is because some of them actually don't grow. But all of us in our faith, we're like, "Mm, I'm going to sow some right living. I'm going to sow maybe some love right here. Maybe some patience right here with just my kids, but not all my, not all my kids. Here's my coworker. I'm going to be really patient with that person. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Right? Oh, here's my spouse. Yeet. Peacemaking. Here we go. Right? But then all of a sudden you wait for this seed to sow and it to grow and to reap the harvest. But then you look down and you're like, what happened? There's no fruit being born out of the seed that we've sown. Because if you're only selectively engaging your faith, sowing righteousness in few few selective ways, that you are also in the participation of manipulating where you want and what you want to grow. But instead of doing this where you just have like a little sprinkling here or there, you can come and eat some Cheerios later if you want. Um, This is you just start sowing seeds everywhere, right? 
you just start sowing it over there. You start sowing it over here, right? You just get it everywhere. You just start sowing it wherever you can. I'm going to clean this up later. I promise you, <laughs> right? Like cleaning crew's like, ugh. You just, it doesn't matter. You just take this and you just start, you know, if you guys sow, you just like, Costco, two ninety nine. I'll make some more. Uh, and I'm just grinding it in as I, I got to step out of this. But come on, like seriously, people, like this, we have to stop just being like, here you go, Jesus. Yeah. People are looking at us. Young people are looking at us. People who don't give a jack about Jesus are looking at us and saying, this is all you do? I want to have nothing a part of that. But what happens is when you sow and you start throwing it everywhere, and it says later in, in God's word that once it's sown, we could reap a harvest of ten, a hundred, a thousand fold. Like, this is what happens when you, like, you do something really good. You just do your, your kid or your spouse, right? And maybe you say get a hundred fold. But when I do this, even by getting tenfold, God is outworking in the seed that we plant when we just throw it around. Then when you selectively put it in the ground, don't choose who and where you sow. Just throw it everywhere. And as it falls, whether it grows or not, is not your responsibility. You're supposed to sow. Jesus comes and reaps that harvest. So much so that I might even say you don't even participate in the reaping of the harvest. You watch Jesus as he reaps a harvest that you can't even fathom. This is what we do. We just throw it. And so church, I'm asking you, I'm challenging you. What faith are you sowing? Are you picking up one Cheerio at a time and placing it? It's time to grow. It's time to sow generously, abundantly, to put yourself in the ground and watch yourself grow in ways that you cannot dare dream or even imagine because God is doing it. This is what I'm wondering. If faith looks like this, what will the world say? What will people that are nuns, the not yets, and never will be's? Look, we sow kindness, sow all over the place. My question is to you, why aren't you sowing? If you're wondering why there is no harvest, my question to you is what are you sowing and where are you sowing it? And what are you planted in? Church, it's time. And so what I want you to do this week is as you walk out, and whether you're online, it's okay, you're not getting out of this either, is what I want you to do is we have plants back there, just like these, this little one, little house plants. And I want you as one per family, one household, so that means if you're single, if you're married, you have kids, you're um, empty nesters, whatever, take one plant for your family unit. And I want you to care for this plant. It has a tag on what it is. You can look up how to care for it well. And then I want you to care for it. I want you to take it home. I want you to care for it. I want you to repot it immediately because I'm telling you it can't stay in that pot unless you want it to be like that forever, which maybe is a representation of your faith. Repot it. And then repot it again. And then come back in a year and say, God, I want to grow. God, will you grow in me as I care for this plant? God, would this plant be a representation of my growth this year, of the fallow ground that I've built up in my life that you have now broken down and be growing? I want this to be the growth that I follow. 
And I want you to look at it. And I want you to actually check yourself. Is this growing? Is your faith growing? Is it dying because your faith is dying? I'm not saying they're like totally connected because your faith could thrive and you just have a black thumb. Not saying that. <laughs> right? All you black thumbers are like, I'm going to die. Right? It doesn't grow unless you care for it. Your faith does not grow unless you care for it. It's time. The time is now. Stop waiting. Start growing. Would you pray with me? God, as I look down at all the, the Cheerios that are scattered, some that are crushed and broken, God, I just pray that the places that we are sowing seeds, God, you would allow them to take root in the places that they are being sown, in the people that are being sown. That as you care for it, as we can care for it, in the participation with you, you see it reap ten, a hundred, a thousandfold. Because all we do is we are called to sow the seed anywhere, everywhere, with whomever. And God, I pray for uh, those in our faith that as we look at this house plant and we look at our life, God, that we take an honest reflection. Our, is our faith potted or is it growing in the kingdom soil? Have we so often taken our faith, shielded it from harm, caused it to grow or not to grow by our caring or uncaring? God, may we do that reflection here. But God, I also pray for those that are here in the room or watching online that actually their faith is a little seedling. And they are wanting it to grow and they have put it in the soil and they're praying that it grows. God, I pray right now that it would take root in your goodness and in your mercy and in your love and that as you care, as you rain down living water in their lives, that it would grow. Maybe some of our faith has so many dead leaves we just wonder if it's going to survive. But Jesus, in the midst of the tomb, when everybody said you were dead, you breathe life back into your lungs. You rose from the grave and you showed that not all dead things are dead. They can be born again. Jesus, come, take root deep in our hearts. May we not be people that show partiality. It's time for us to grow, God. May we not be like Israel or stubborn people. May we repent and turn back to you. We ask this in your name. Amen.